Hallo, Jörgetes Kangaroos. Ich bin Mike Mihoho. Wir sind jetzt in Berlin und wir reden über Rugby League. Ich denke, das so in Deutsch 13 Rugby genannt ist. Wenn wir reden über den WM des Männer, Rollstuhl und Frauen, wir brauchen einen Kumpel. Ich habe so meinen Kumpel hier. Das ist Michael Carboni. Guten Tag, Cubs. Mate, uh, guessing you're in Germany at the moment. Hi. I am in Berlin and I apologize now because you can still smoke inside in pubs in Berlin and um, whilst I do not smoke, literally everybody else I was with last night was and I will probably be coughing the whole way through this because my lungs cannot deal with smoke. Last night you were secondhand smoking, probably just as bad, just as bad. Yeah. No offense yeah, to the smokers like, out there. But yeah, I feel like I've had about 20 25 myself when I haven't had one <laughs> in years. So yeah, so if I break down into... Um, into a, a bit of coughing, that's why, and that's bear with me. So there has been a lot of rugby league played since last time. Well, certainly since last time we spoke, but last time we spoke as well with Mary Kay last week. And indeed, there was rugby played about ten minutes after we stopped recording with wheelchair. Then we've gone into the Kangaroos PNG against PNG England in men's. Then there was oh, there was Canada England in women's. There was PNG Brazil in women's. There was Kiwis. Fiji, which is a great game, Samoa Tonga, uh, Jillaroos, Kibi Ferns, everything. All so much to talk about. Um, we haven't seen it all, obviously, because there was just too, there was too much rugby league to watch at once. But we will touch on what we have seen. I've seen all the men's and some of the women's and some of the wheelchairs. So I think I'll be taking the lead. Cabs, you saw Australia against Lebanon. What do you think? Mate, uh, was wishing it would have been a little bit closer, but this Australian side is very strong. Uh, five tries from the Fox, but... Teddy, yeah, etc. Just a great side across the across the park. Um, probably haven't had to get out of second gear or tournament yet, um, and it's going to be a cracker against New Zealand. But Australia, very impressive, mate. And, and Lebanon, good on them. Um, I think, look, for me, probably the most entertaining nation to watch all World Cup. It wasn't their best game. It's funny, you know, Some a side like Lebanon, they'll turn it on against a New Zealand or something like that. But all these nations, they seem in awe of Australia when they turn up against the Kangaroos. It's just, you know, they seem a little bit nervous. And, and you could kind of feel that from the Lebanese side uh, in this one. If you've been reading my columns on the Roar, I think I've, I've said exactly this. They have like a mental block against the... Australians, where they all kind of, they're, they're all, yeah, in all the right way to describe it, the kangaroos. So they just, yeah, I mean, from the first minute on um, on Friday night, you knew it was only ever going to go one way. They didn't do the, excuse me, all the trick shots that we've come to expect from Lebanon. They were kind of put away and they just, they tried to play proper rugby league. And well, if you do that against kangaroos, you probably lose. It's a, it is a real shame, though. It would have been great to see them play the tricks, you know, but that we didn't get to see that. And, and they probably, if they had their time again, they'd probably give it more of a go. But, you know, it is what it is. And Australia go through to the final four. Yep. Uh, I haven't really got anything more to say about it other than, well, we'll move on to the, we'll do looking forward at the end. Yep. Here we go, first one. <coughs> oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> next up, we're going chronologically. Oh, we should talk about... Um, Literally, the time that we finished recording with Mary Kay, we then went to France 158, I think six at wheelchair. Have Incredible. you seen any of the wheelchair? I've seen, I've seen bits and pieces. It's been hard getting up every night, I must admit, but uh, trying to get bits and pieces as I can. Certainly watching 
all of the men's stuff as well and trying to catch as much of the women's in the wheelchair as I can. Yeah, from my, my summation of that is I don't know much about wheelchair rugby league, but France appeared to be incredibly good at it and uh, Wales less so. And um, Australia, we, we spoke on the podcast last week about England and Australia in the wheelchair, which was the sort of big yeah. piece of first night, so we don't need to go too much into that. But, um, yeah, just incredibly entertaining to watch. Can't wait to see more of it, especially um, the final, which is a week on Friday in Manchester, and I will see my first game. In person, I'm very excited about it. The the hype from that side of the world seems huge on wheelchair. Everyone's talking about it from what it seems over here. Um, is it is that right? Am I correct in saying that? Oh yeah, everyone who's seen it is like, what on earth is this thing? It's the greatest thing we've ever seen. So um, yeah, that's one of it's one of the big successes of the World Cup is really exposing that version of the game out to the world because I, you know, I knew a little bit about it, um, but I've never seen it. You know, sat down and watched the whole game. Um, before and it was yeah it was very entertaining it's chaos shout out kind to of... our uh, rugby league in america friends they got their first win usa world chair which was exciting they lost their second but um still getting points on the board i'm not sure if anyone expected that and good on them yeah i watched that game actually against scotland that was on um friday afternoon that was a very entertaining game um, scotland went in front and then Australia, uh, america came back uh what's he called max johnson very exciting player <laughs> there we go. Round two. Um, okay, going chronologically, we then had uh, England against PNG women in Wigan. Uh, sorry, England against Canada women. Um, kind of went the way we'd expected, given that um, obviously England are quite good and Canada are relatively new. But uh, shout out to Tara Jane Stanley, who was superb in that game. Absolutely superb. And I cannot wait to see how good this England team are going to be against in Australia or New Zealand, because they it's it's hard to say, given the opposition, how good they are, but they look they look pretty good. Look, uh, I've been saying from the start that nobody's going to get close to the Gillaroos. I think I still think that's the case, but I've eaten my words at this World Cup already on English sides, so uh, I'm not going to talk too loud about that. No, I think you're right. I think the Gillaroos, they look ominous. Um, I think if England get within 50 points and in the final, they'll have done probably quite well. Um, moving on to England, speaking of domination, England against PNG, honest to God, the first, did you see this game? I think this would have been in the middle of the night for you, so I'm assuming you didn't see it all. I didn't see all of this one, but um, man, I, I, another this is another one that I was hoping would be closer. PNG, I thought were going to be the first real threat to England so far, but they just continue to impress. Uh, Tommy Mack with five tries as well, letting the Fox know that uh, he's not the only freakish try scorer in this competition. A uh, total of 30 points for him, but. Um, really cool stat, and and uh, there's a lot of talk about how well George Williams is going, and a lot of the outside backs. Um, there's a little bit of talk about Radley. Uh, Radley has been, I think, really key to this English side and to their success. And he went off the field. So England won forty six to six. Radley was off the field for a period of time for, uh, before the first half and into the second half. And England won that period 4-0. So, Radley off the field, they only scored four points. Radley on the field, they scored 42. So, uh, I thought that was an interesting one. Well, the interesting stat was that from the 11th minute to the 30th, PNG didn't touch the ball. Except it for was, kickoffs. Except for kickoffs. Well, they, no, there was a knock-on. <laughs> there was a knock-on and kickoffs. That was it. Um, it was as dominant a performance as I've seen in, in years. Absolutely. Like, PNG weren't bad. They just had no opportunity to play. Like, absolutely no opportunity. Didn't touch the ball. England just 
you know, completed really high, physically destroyed PSG, like from the first tackle, which was Radley, I think, on Wellington now, but just laid into him when he thought they're on it, they're on it. And it was, yeah, it was, I was surprised by it because I thought PNG, you know, PNG aren't mugs. Like they're a good team and England just blew them out of the water like nobody's business. And um, yeah, I think now going in against Samoa round two, I think it'd be very English to lose, put it that, put it that way, but you'd have to be confident. They they proved in this game that you know they are the real deal. I mean they've obviously been playing really well. England's been undefeated in all forms um, of of rugby league at this World Cup. Um, and but but you know apart from I mean I know they played Samoa at the start, but Samoa really undercooked. We said that, and we'll probably speak more to that when we talk about next week's finals. Um, but England really showing that they deserve to be there and they deserve to be. In my opinion, they're in the top two favourites right now. So, yeah, I still think Kangaroos are favourites, but England are really close. Yeah, I, I, I really hope that... I mean, I, I hope that Australia go out to New Zealand because Same. I think England, Same. England have the mental block that the Kiwis don't really have. The Kiwis tend to aim up, whereas England think they'll lose. Um, but, yeah, I think, God, if, if, if New Zealand were to win on Friday night, that could be... That would be absolutely primed for England to mess it up. But... Um, Moving on, we've got PNG, um, PNG women against Canada women, uh, Brazil women, sorry. I didn't see this as I was at the England game, um, but by all accounts, PNG were great. Shout out to PNG. Orchids only ever won two games at the World Cup, so not to be sniffed at that they won another one. Um, also, shout out to Rob Bergen, friend of the podcast, Rob Bergen, who announced that he's stepping back from Brazil Rugby League, who, you know, that's been his thing for many years, and he's done so much good work. Right time for him, I think, in his life to, to not do it anymore and let somebody else have a crack, especially um, he wrote a lovely post on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that saying, um, you know, he wanted it to be done by a native Brazilian, yeah. and especially a woman as well, given how strong women's rugby league is there. So, yeah, shout out to Rob. Um, even getting to the World Cup for them is, is such an achievement. Look, they were they were in great hands. They will continue to be in great hands. I mean, they're gonna be they're automatically qualified for the next World Cup just by being in this one. Um, and look, Rob's still gonna be involved in Brazilian rugby league in some capacity. It just won't be in this role. And I, I think you know it's such a Rob Bergen thing to um to step down and 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 do what he's done. So he's built it. He's built the foundations, and he's now passing on the baton. And uh, I think it's very. It is so admirable what he's done for rugby league in Brazil. Real pioneer. So great, great work, Rob. Yeah, and obviously our friend, we, we already mentioned um, our friend of the podcast, Joanna Lester, who's involved with the PNG Orchids. So um, she was very, very happy again on Saturday. And we'd like to see happy Joanna. So, um, and then we move on to one of the best games of the weekend. If it wasn't for Samuel Donga, this would be the best game, which was Fiji against the Kiwis. This was such a good game. Were Fiji robbed? No, I actually, there was a big debate. We had a big Chinese takeaway in our house and Sam watched the game. And I think there was me, my mom, my dad and my brother and we were split two and two about whether it was, excuse me, whether it was a um, penalty or not. I thought it was a penalty, happy with the call. Um, I thought Kikau stripped the ball from whoever it was he was tackling, Manu, I think. And um, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I also, we were t- when, we were, when we were watching, we were sort of thinking, well, you know, we want Fiji to win because that, you know, we always love to see an underdog win. But then it would have robbed us of um, New Zealand Kangaroos next week. So you're always it's, we had the same with France the week before. It's um, it's a fine line, isn't it? It is a fine line, and and it would have been great to see great for Fiji. But 
I think you're right in that regard. I, I mean, New Zealand, despite probably not clicking yet, they still haven't clicked, and hopefully they can next week against the Aussies. But um, Fiji against Australia is is only going to go one way in that if if that was the semi final. Whereas New Zealand v Australia, you know, that can go either way. Um, I, I think on current form, Australia more likely, which is which you know. I was not hoping for at this point. I've said it countless times on this podcast already, um, but the, the Kiwis can certainly challenge, and and they certainly, if they're going to turn it on, then this is the week um, against Australia. So uh, interesting times. I thought I thought it was a loose carry by Manu, um, but I, I still think I still think the better side won. Uh, Fiji were really good, but but you always had this sense that New Zealand were coming back and going to come back strong. Uh, the battle of the full fullbacks was incredible. Taruva needs needs to leave Penrith because he he needs to be playing first grade every single week. Um, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, but but Joey Manu once again um, definitely has to be in contention for Golden Boot. So um, great to see it. Yeah, <coughs> there we go again. Um, so <laughs> so bad. Um, guess what I've got to do tonight? Go and sit in Smoky Pools again. No um, way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was that game was it was really good. Uh, I do, yeah, I do think in the end the right team won. I think New Zealand just had that little bit more. Fiji didn't ice the moments. They could have put a field goal in, I think, at one point, and that would have made it a bit a bit different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just Taruva, I love him so much. He's such an ex- exciting player. Um, shout, shout out to Kevin Ngama as well. He was really good in the centres. Um, that try he scored off just one of the best running lines you'll ever see. Well, that was the moment when he scored that try. I was like, okay, maybe there's hope. Maybe Fiji will do this, but of course they didn't in the end. Um, Fiji do well against New Zealand typically. Like this, these are these are close games. I mean, their last World Cup, Fiji knocked New Zealand out. This time around, they came close. Uh, just makes me wonder, you know, should this be should this be a, an international matchup that we see more regularly than in World Cup finals, semi-finals? Yeah, well, and that kind of brings us on to our next game as well. Um, because there's, what we've learned from this is that you need to put these these teams in more often because it's just great. It produces yeah. great games, great occasions, loads of stuff. I've done a did an article yesterday that um, wound up a lot of rugby union people on the row, but about you know this is what they need to be investing in in the future because if you put in Fiji against um, against New Zealand more often, then they will beat them. Like they will. They, their lack of opportunity to play top level games. You know they played PNG obviously mid season, but it wasn't a full Fiji team. It wasn't a full PNG team, and they only get to do it once. Whereas you know next year there's got to be some sort of Pacific Cup or, or Oceania Cup, something like that, to give more games and give the people what they want. Well, let's let's talk about what I've dubbed Pacific Origin, which was you know the match of the round, maybe the match of the tournament, um, and probably the first. I want to say the first upset of the tournament. I mean, it's not a massive upset, Samoa beating Tonga 20 to 18, but I think most people thought Tonga were going to win this one. Uh, we all thought it was going to be the top four nations taking those final four spots, but Samoa have snuck in. They uh, they did what we said they would do. So they they after their very poor start against England, we said, look, they could they could still build up to something and and perhaps sneak through. They've done that now and. Pacific Origin, mate. Give it to us every year, three games a year. Tonga versus Samoa. Build it up, make some money, and watch it grow. Like it needs to happen. 
Yeah, I, I think the only thing is I would like to see if you're going to play three games, I would like to see you know VG and, and PNG in there as well and do like a little three game round robin or something like that where there's four teams play everybody plays everybody once rather than having three times of Samoa Tonga. I think you dilute the product a little bit, but um, yeah, it's just so good. Hey, it was so good. I mean, we I arrived because of the lovely railway system in, in England. I actually nearly didn't go with this. I was stood on one of the train stations for 45 minutes and I got on a train that didn't move for another 20 minutes, which would have, I was then like trying to work out if I go here, can I get a taxi, blah, blah, blah. I eventually made it with like, they were playing the anthem as I came out, you know, into the, uh, into the seats. And then I was actually, I hadn't even made it over to the media room when they, they started doing the various uh, war dances I tell you what, it's some of I was going to say, yeah. Did you catch? Did you catch that bit? Because that's that's price admission worthy. Like that's fantastic. Yeah, and it was such a good occasion because you've got obviously the public in Warrington who goes to these games is a very like rusted on rugby league public that they know what they're watching. They know it's an exciting thing that doesn't happen very often. So I think there was everybody was in it. You know, there was a big gang of Tongans, there was a big gang of Samoans in front of us singing all the hymns and and, and that sort of. You know, you had the partisan side of it, but you just had the other. You know, the other 85% of the crowd just loving every hit and every try and all, all that sort of stuff. It was really exciting to be at. And we reminded why you love this game, you know? Even here in Australia, um, anyone, uh, you wouldn't know this, Mike, but back here in Sydney, there there has been Tongan and Samoan flags hanging out the side of cars all over the city, all over Sydney. Um, and I've been, I was sent lots of video footage from last night uh, I think it was somewhere a uh, park in Liverpool, just thousands of Samoans like celebrating flags, cheering, playing music, fireworks, going nuts because this is the furthest that Samoa have gone in the Rugby League World Cup. Um, it, it just goes to show how important it is to this for here, everywhere. You know, we've heard similar stories in, in, in even Melbourne. Um, obviously, there's a little contingent over there where you are well, not where you are right now in Berlin, but certainly over in the UK yeah. for this World Cup. Yeah, there, could, there could be some Samoans <laughs> There might Berlin. be. I did meet a Tongan here once, actually. I, I, I knew a girl who was uh, Tongan. So there is one, or there was one. I don't know if she still lives there. It's a special yeah. thing between these nations. I mean, they're small island nations with small populations, but they seem to be spread all over the world as well. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, your mate, Milford, improving oh. um luai and to'o incredible um even guys like lafai you know have come out and and I, I think he's been really impressive and a good little addition to this squad so some more have been good and and i think you know we get on we'll get on to you know some previews soon but um hopefully they can challenge they can do a lot better than round one against england yeah i think sh- yeah shout out to uh Brian thought, oh, he's just so good every time I see him. Every time I see him. Um, Milford, God love him. I have, I'm not a Milford fan. It's well, well established on this podcast. I think Milford's rubbish. But he was brilliant. Um, one, he's won in game in 10 where he actually shows up. So he can go back to being rubbish against England next week. <laughs> um, if you do that, please, Anthony, that would be fun. Um, yeah, Lafayette's interesting because Lafayette made the dream team in the Super League. Like, he's not been rubbish. Like, he's been good all year. And there was much, I think, poo pooing from the Australian side. Went to oh, Brody Croft in the dream team, Tim Lafay's in the dream team. How rubbish must Super League be? Yeah. Then, well, you see Tim Lafay playing for Samoa and looking great. So maybe the maybe Australia needs to call up Brody Croft. Um, 
They certainly did. Did we talk about how they called up Jai Hitchcocks to play for the Kangaroos? No, we didn't. We didn't speak about that. Yeah. Didn't we? <laughs> so I was at Kangaroos training last week. I feel like maybe I told this story in the podcast last week. Anyway, if I did, I'm getting it again. Um, and all the Kangaroos were going in to train, and I was like, I don't recognise that guy. I was like, How did the Kangaroos have a player that I don't recognise? And it turned out, yeah, it was Jai Hitchcock. And they wanted to do an opposed session with 13 on 13, but obviously the squad is 24. So they just called up some local <laughs> local people and uh, who, you know, who were free and in the area. So Jai Hitchcock was training with the Kangaroos in full Kangaroos gear. And I was like, yeah, good. I'm pretty sure he played for Upset <laughs> One. Um, it was very strange. Like, you know, you think, oh, yeah, I know all the Kangaroos players. Oh, apparently not. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, there was so many good performances from Samoa. I think Suali'i at the back was great. That run in the second half that set up the Toto try was just, that's what you can do. I still think there's there's a couple of execution issues, positional stuff in fullback where he's not quite there yet, but you really can't argue with the carries and, and the you know that side of the game on the ball. He's, he's so good, hey? Dude, if this is him after a few games at fullback, then then look out because he's he's got a lot of room to go and a long way to go, but he's he's I think he's going to get there. Um, interesting thing with the fullbacks is that you know all of them bar one left play for the same club in the NRL, which is which is quite interesting. I don't think that's probably happened before at this sort of level. But uh, the Roosters, with all the fullbacks, except for, of course, Sam Tompkins, maybe they should try and get him under the sombrero. But um, yeah. yeah. Sam Walker out, Sam Tompkins in. Got it. Um, yeah, that is very, it, it's very, I mean, it shows what depth the Roosters have got. That is very much the uh, Uncle Nick sombrero at work, I think. But... Um, on the Tongan side, they were unlucky really speaking to the fullbacks because Hopoati played, I think, played really well and then he went off injured and they had to reshuffle with, I think, Colin Matungi was playing six at the end. He was unbelievable again. Every game this tournament, Colin Matungi's been superb. Playing at nine, playing at, in the back row, playing at lock, playing five-eight. Like, he, he was kicking at one point. Also, Josh Papali kicked and they, they nearly scored. Yeah. It was chaos. It was chaos. And Colin Matangi, you're right, he's shown his versatility big time at this World Cup. He, I've seen sides to him that I didn't know he had. Um, and, uh, yeah, very impressive for Tonga. And you look at the you know, the problems that we identified before the tournament for Tonga. When you've got, I thought Katwa was all right. He got really spotted up a few times with the ball. Like he got lettered, picked out the line, but it's not really his fault. It was good defence. Um, yeah, Lola here, when he was, he was a sort of six and then at fullback I don't think he had his best game I wonder if they'd have done better with Junior Amon but we'll never know now I guess the good news for them is Katoa and Amon will get better and by 25 um, they could have a really solid halves combo there um, so the, 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 the future I mean it's not over for Tonga their premiership window so to speak at World Cups <laughs> is not over <laughs> Yeah, they have the, we, we worked this out with France, actually, that France are going to lose like two players to 2025. They'll be basically mm. exactly the same team in 2025 with also young players, you know, Cesar Rouget is coming through, people like that. And I, I wonder if that's like, with that with Tonga. Like, I'm pretty sure like, Talmud will still be going and I think Takeato will probably be the only one that they lose. Like, there's not that many older players in the team. You never know, Takeo, he, he could still be going if he's uh, over there in the Super League for a little while. He could, could go a few years, he could do a... Could do our um, fooey fooey, who knows? Yeah, still be playing for Rochdale, aren't <laughs> Kicking goals, love to see a prop <laughs> kicking goals. Um, yeah, we can we can also just finish on there was the Kiwi Ferns and Gillaroos, which I've said I didn't see either of these as I was at 
uh, at Warrington and then trying to get out of Warrington. But Kiwi Ferns, they won. Jillaroo's, uh, they won. Jillaroo's <laughs> very good. Have we mentioned that they're really good at rugby league? Jillaroo's untouchable. No one will beat the Jillaroo's. It's uh, Mary Kay. I'm sure she will agree, but um, absolutely sensational and, and great to watch as well. There's nothing really to add to them other than they could pick players in literally any combination that would still win by 50 points, I think. They could pick two squads and that would be the grand final. I remember uh, it was a cricket World Cup where Australia played Australia A in the final, I think it was. You, you'll probably know better than I do. Yeah, mid-90s, yeah. Yeah, but it would be... Like, did Australia A not win? I think Australia A beat Australia, yeah. It was sensational. Yeah. And in true Australian form, we were all going for the underdog, so everyone was very happy. But... um. But yeah, that the Gillaroos could be Gillaroos A and B could play off in the final, and it, it would be a cracker. Yeah, and um, there was a couple more wheelchair on Monday. Uh, Wales with the USA, France again, really, really good. Australia, oh no, so I'm looking it up now just so it's reminded me it was like 92 nil over the France in the wheelchair. I realized that's the Gillaroos. Um, yeah, and there's actually again, it's there's a game starting in 20 minutes now, Australia v Spain. From when we're recording this, very lost on the podcast, that, to be honest. But, it'll, be, um, it'll be interesting, though. Spain have got to win. I don't think they'll beat Australia, but they've got to win. Um, are France a favourite still? Because England's been okay, but are France a favourites for wheelchair? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. They look great, but then they play Wales, so, you know, who knows. But um, it'll be good when they play England. I think that's going to be the final. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And we're going to get Canada v Brazil later at Headingley and England v the Orchids. So watch this space for that. I think England v Orchids could be very close. I tips the Orchids to win this game. I think Orchids can beat England. Um, and and Canada Brazil is going to be really interesting. Uh, the two. <coughs> I mean, Canada's not a new kid on the blocks, but but Brazil certainly are. They're both the newest, I guess. But um, yeah, that should be should be much closer than some of the other Brazil games. It should be good. And we solved the mystery of the. Uh... Mystery Canadian. Did you heard this? Yes, uh, you and Mary were talking about it the other day. Yeah. Uh, so for those who didn't listen to last week's podcast, um, one of the we so we're on the Golden Boot panel, me and Cards and Mary Kay, and we get to pick the team of the final. Not us, not solely us, other people, but we get to vote. Excuse me. And um, I wanted to vote for a Canadian player who I thought was really good against PNG, but didn't have a number on his shirt, and we found out <laughs> it was, <laughs> and literally like. I tried to ring the media officer. I sent emails. I sent tweets. I was saying, "Please tell me who didn't have a shirt." Um, I didn't have a number on a shirt. She had a shirt. That would have been quite spectacular. Um, and yeah, Christy Sargent was also uh, shout out to her. She was really good. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't find this out prior to the watching them play against England, so I didn't get to watch the same woman again. You know, and the only identified thing I had about her was that she didn't have a number on a shirt, which obviously in the second game she did. We also have Kiwi friends against. Um, Against Jillaroos. And I think this could be interesting. I mean, obviously, Jillaroos will win, but we'll get an idea of how far Kiwi Ferns are away from them. And France v. Cook Islands as well could be could be a good game. France v. Cooks could be good. I mean, um, Cooks did okay against the Ferns. Um, so it'll be interesting. It's 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 hard to, to see. Like we've, I think a lot of the, the men's games were obviously quite predictable in the first rounds, um, whereas these games, not so much. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. And then seed the floor for Friday night, Ellen Road in Leeds, Australia v New Zealand, followed by in London on Saturday afternoon, England v Samoa, men's semi finals. Gonna be big things. Well, um, this, any thoughts? 
yeah, this is what we've been waiting for. Um, my, my first thoughts are, can Samoa beat England? And then can New Zealand beat Australia? Because I think, I think England-Australia is the most likely final. So let's start with Samoa-England because um, what, like, I mean, Samoa are obviously a different side to the one that rocked up with jet lag in round one. <coughs> Can they do it? Or are England just still too far ahead here? Well, so at time of recording... We don't know if Junior Barlow can play. I think he's a yep. big loss if he doesn't play. He's, yep. He was uh, initially suspended, but can appeal. Um, I think he's so key to what they do. And I think if they play like they played on Sunday, England probably quite like that because I think they played in a sort of slightly chaotic fashion. And England would be, if they, you know, I think England would be confident that they would be able to defend that, and then they would they would get points at the other end. But that's the thing about Samoa. They're so big and strong and they've got so many sort of unpredictable players that they can, like, they can cause problems, definitely. And, look, when they played the first round, I said England by 13-plus and I was ended up being conservative. Very right, yeah. <laughs> but, and I think England have looked so good. Um, you often think, you know, was was Samoa's World Cup final last week? Like, in beating Tonga, is that kind of, they've now achieved what they came here to achieve and can they go again? I would be interesting to know that. Obviously, I think they they'll think that they can. But if you're looking at can you know can um, Anthony Milford play that well twice in a week? That my opinion would be no. Can they replace um, Junior Barlow if he's suspended? It's a big drop off because he's one of their best players. Whereas England are kind of clean bill of health. They know exactly what to expect, and they'll I think they'll relish it. They are some big questions. Uh, the big question for me, and, and I think we're going to know very early if we've got a contest on our hands, and the way we will know that is Samoa's play the ball speed. Uh, so they'll, we spoke about it a few weeks ago in round one. They were very slow. They were getting up slow. Service was okay-ish, um, and, and they really lost that game around the ruck. They, really, they had no momentum going forward at all. And England just blew them out of the park. Uh, if Samoa can get up fast, quick play the balls, good good hit ups, good service from dummy half, um, if they can do that early, you know we're in for for a close game. And, and Samoa can do it. I think England are the favourites, but I don't think they can take. It's it's not going to be the same result as last time. Put it that way. So it's going to be a lot closer, I believe. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, the big thing for me, so you said earlier, so switching to New Zealand, Australia, right? You said earlier it'll be great for New Zealand to knock off Australia. And I think it would be good too for me, like for Australia not to be in the final. Um, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But I think from an English perspective, right? And you correct me if I'm wrong, but England playing Australia in the final, like England beating Australia in the final, would have more of an impact on English rugby league than England beating New Zealand in a grand final. Am, am I right in saying that? Um, I think the difference between it would be fairly small because I think England just winning in general would have a would big be impact. Big. Yeah, yeah, and I think the fact that they beat Australia. If they, look, if they beat Australia in the final, it could be like you know we were talking about cricket before, like in two thousand and five when England won the Ashes, and it was we didn't believe we could beat them, and then suddenly we did. Yeah. And that just had such a galvanising effect for the sport. And I think with the 
I was thinking about this last week, actually, with the IMG stuff that's happening over here with Super League, like there'd be a mood of optimism and growth and stuff like that that English rugby kind of needs. Um, so in that sense, yeah, I mean, obviously beating Australia is is the best way to do it. But look, I think if they beat New Zealand, they'd be fine as well. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Just something about beating Australia, I think, would be would be massive for England and would would be, no offence to the Kiwis, but would probably more legitimate legitimise it, I suppose. But there's two potential finals that I would really enjoy, and one is England v Australia, the the rematch from last World Cup. But the other one is um, New Zealand v Samoa. I think that could be a really sexy World Cup final. Like that would be really cool. Um, not that you know Australia Samoa or New Zealand England wouldn't be great, but. Either of those first two, like Samoa versus New Zealand, it's the ultimate little brother v big brother contest. Um, I think that would be pretty cool to see. So whatever the options are, man, we're going to have – we've got four very strong teams. Um, Any of them can win this World Cup. Um, And, man, I can't wait to watch both of these early in the morning on the weekend. Yeah, they – I think – I think for if Australia are going to lose, I think England. I, I, I just don't trust this New Zealand team. But it's, it will be very on brand for New Zealand to to be rubbish one week, barely yeah. straight past PG, <laughs> and then be brilliant. The Beat next Australia, week. yeah, yeah. And I just wonder about the size of the Australian pack, especially RCG uh, Regan Camogillard. He trained on his own yesterday. He's got a bad cork, and you take him out, and you put in. I guess they put in Lindsay Collins, and it's quite an undersized pack. And I can see Australia struggling with the power of New Zealand. Um, you know, I think New Zealand and England have played a very similar style. So, and I don't really know what style Australia play in yet, other than they're all very good. <laughs> like, I don't know how much, how much tactical nows is going into it at the moment. Look, they're all Where, they're all they're all very good, but they haven't really faced it yet, have they? So, no. you know, they 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 could maybe they're like I'm calling them the favourites for this whole thing. They're looking very slick, but. Maybe up against a Kiwi side, they're okay. So I, I I don't know. I've got hopes for that, but yeah, we will see. The uh, yeah Friday night as well. I think there'll be a big crowd in in Leeds. They'll all be cheering for the Kiwis, obviously. Um, I'm not saying ambush is on because I don't even know if it is that much of an ambush. But um, I think the effect on the England game, if if the Kiwis were to win, the pressure that would then come on England in on the obviously because it's the day afterwards would be huge and I'd be interested to see how they respond to that but I just like fundamentally I trust Sean Wayne as a coach like I think he's a good coach I think he's perfect for the style that works in rep footy like that's his style you know I often think in in soccer when you try and have like a really attacking team in in the World Cup it doesn't work because you don't have time to work with the players but if you just try and be really defensive like you can work the defensive bit out quicker in the structure. Yeah. I think England have done that. Yeah. New Zealand, I think we've done that as well. Like the way that Michael Maguire plays is quite it suits the roster that they have. And um I think those that could be a factor because I'm not sure, you know, what Malmeninga's coaching style is. Because he's I don't work this out. I feel like I'm asking this on the podcast last week, so I apologize if I did. Malmeninga's coach like he's coached something like fifty games in twenty years. Like it's it's not that many games because he's always been Queensland coach. It's always been yeah, Origin. He's never, he's never had a, I think he had coached Canberra in the late nineties, but yeah, he's always yeah, been a rep coach. Yeah, he had a season or two at the Raiders. It wasn't that long, uh, but yeah, it's been mostly State of Origin and obviously Kangaroos, but they haven't played in 
forever. Uh, so and that doesn't much, count. How much coaching goes into Jonathan Thurston, Billy Slater, Greg Inglis, Cooper Cronk, and yeah, Cameron Smith? Yeah, just yeah. let's go out and yeah. you know how you're all really good? Go out and be really, really good, you know? Keep, so keep being good, guys. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much um, coaching philosophy goes into that. And probably I could ask Mom and Ingo about these things. I should probably ask him about it. But uh, I think he'd look at me like I had two heads. I'm already terrible. It's, it's one of the fun things about being a rugby league journalist is that in my head, you can't separate the fact that. Marmeninger is the Australian coach, and the fact that it's bloody Marmeninger. Like, I'm just like, yeah. oh my God, that's Marmeninger. That's, Mo, that's Big Mel. <laughs> somebody somebody who, who I, won't, I won't name, but a, a NRL coaching pigwick said that to me about Ricky Stewart once. <laughs> well, you think, like, how does he continue to be Canberra coach for so long? And it's probably because every person he deals with goes, bloody hell, that's Ricky Stewart. It's Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, that's Ricky Stewart. <laughs> And I'm, I'm a little bit like that. Like I can't, you know, when you've idolized these people your whole life and then suddenly you're trying to, because it's kind of a different field, isn't it? Really? I don't know how good a coach Marmoninger is, but he's obviously a very, very good player, sort of heroic of my youth. So anyway, we're a bit off topic here. But um, yeah, give me a tip. Uh, I think uh, we'll see England and Australia go through. Um, I hope New Zealand goes through. Uh, normally, I'd be backing Samoa. Against England, but I think it's I, I actually think it's so important that England wins or gets to the grand final. I actually think England need to win this World Cup for English rugby league and for European rugby league and and all that sort of thing. So I'm actually probably backing England in this whole thing, to be honest with you. Uh, but but I think most likely I'm, I'm going the longest way to say this, but most likely scenario I believe is in Australia v England grand final. Um, do you see it going any other way? Uh, I'd say you've got like that would be fifty percent chance of happening, maybe even sixty percent, and then you've got like a little. I give the Kiwis a definitely a chance against um, Australia. I think they can put it together on one day. And you know, you've got if you've got that forward pack, you've got that spine. I'm not so sure about the outside backs, but you know, the most important thing is the spine and the forward pack, and they've got both of them. Um, I think they can definitely put it up Australia and then, you know, take it from there. I think England will probably be a bit too strong for Samoa. I think 30, 30 to 12, something like that, especially if England win the contest early on, if they just fly in with Young and Burgess. And Burgess was so good last week. And I just, they look fired up. And I was in the press conference afterwards with Mackinson and Tompkins and Sean Wayne. And I thought, like, they, they believe, like, they believe they can win this. That was the impression I got from them, which... It's not like English sports teams to build you up and knock you down. That's very much what they do. Um, but yeah, it would be it would be amazing. Like just in the context of, of obviously being back in the UK for a length of time, like the cricket is obviously going on where they could win the Cricket World Cup. They won the Women's European Championship earlier in the year. Like it would be such, it would be very rugby league for England, England, the English rugby league team to suddenly do well and then just miss out on all like the recognition because there was two the World Cup. <laughs> there was a World Cup win in the European Championship win in the same year and there could be a soccer World Cup. I don't think there was a soccer World Cup but it's a pretty crowded schedule, you know. Surely the fact that it's there though, <coughs> it, it makes a massive difference. So uh, look, hopefully they get some press. I know what the, the papers will say here back home. It'll, it'll all be the Radley effect here. Like every NRL journalist is going to write about how Radley is the reason why they were so good. I, I just can already see that. Like, it's so NRL-centric. But um, I think they've been good, man. And, and, and look, they've certainly shocked me. They certainly have shocked me. You know that. So um, I'm, I'm 
yeah, I'm, I'm back in England. Right. I think that's, we're almost up to 45 minutes here, so perfect. We'll, I guess we'll reconvene next week in somewhere. We'll talk to you soon, mate. Hopefully uh, less smoky bars. And, oh, uh, I can't yeah. deal with it. Honestly, I can't deal with it. Like, <laughs> my, coat, my coat smells, my hair smells. I'm going to go get all my hair shaved off the way I do. Do it, mate. And look, despite all that, I've got to say, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me, mate. Ah, there he goes. There he goes. All right, mate. Speak to you later. See ya.